everybody joining us online. You're special. Drop us a little note where you're coming from. I know we got some Georgia people, North Carolina people, and maybe even a couple Canadian people on there. Uh, listen, I love you guys a tons, and um, I know some of you love me, but if you really love me, you'll go out there and buy all of those trees today. <laughs> And then I won't have to be in there all week, right? We'll see how much you love me. And you're going to hear about it next week if you don't. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But seriously, we're helping kids globally and locally. Thank you for those who have purchased the tree. Raise your hand if you purchased the tree. All right, there you go. Okay. There's a lot of you. If all, every one of you guys goes out there that didn't raise your hand, we'll get it done today. It'll be, ama it'll be amazing. We're excited. I'm going to tell you something real quick before we get started. You can go ahead and start turning in your Bible to the book of Acts. We're going to be in chapter 6 and 7 today. We're going to look at a really cool story. What I want to tell you is something I say every year around this time. Some of you love it, some of you hate it, and most of you don't listen to it. But I'm going to tell you anyway, do not go into debt for Christmas. <laughs> All right? Do not go into debt for Christmas. And you're like, well, what does that mean? It means do not go into debt for Christmas. Don't borrow money. Don't borrow cash. Don't put it on your credit cards, right? Because the toys that you're buying for your kids in late November and December, they will no longer play with in June or July, and you'll be paying 24% interest on toys they no longer play with, okay? So don't go into debt for Christmas. I said it four times, and like I said, most of you are going to do it anyway. But um, at least I did my part and told you. Be smart. Uh, you don't need to get them everything that they want, right? It's like, my goodness, the list goes on and on, right? And I have one, so I know. Um, but uh, we're there, we're there. How many of you got your Bibles with you today? You guys there? Okay, bring your Bible to church, as I always tell you. You know, it's good, and you're like, it's on my phone. I know, I know. Can't find the app, but it's on your phone. Um, I calls it like I sees it, so... The book of Acts, we've been there. Let me give you just kind of a, a history of where we've been so far. I think we're like almost eight weeks in. By the way, thanks to Pastor Juan for bringing it down last week, right? Great message. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Whatever you do, that won't be good for you. Um, but we've been in this, this series. I feel like the Lord told us to go there. This is a move, um, which is a song also. But when we know that we, we are operating under the fullness or the overflow, really, of the Holy Spirit, he will take us on a journey. And some of you have listened to people this week that said Christianity is boring. I've heard that in my life. You've heard me say that my response to them is, you're boring. Uh, my life is very exciting. I don't know about your life. Maybe you think Christianity is boring. My life is very exciting. I've been in 29 countries. I, I love life. I, I don't want to change anything about my life. So if you're going to tell me that my, my life's boring, you don't know anything about me, right? You don't know anything about my God, my miracle-working God. You, you haven't experienced him. You haven't experienced coming to a full, abundant life. You think this is good life, but it's really not. Jesus said, I would come that you have life and have it more abundantly, right? And so that's what I want. I don't want just the average every day or even a little above average from what this world has to offer. I want everything the Holy Spirit has to offer, and that makes it exciting. But we went in our first week and began to break down chapter 1, and I told you I really wanted you to, to get verse 8 in chapter 1. So I'm not going to ask you to quote it, right? But, but I do want two words from you. But you shall receive power. But you shall receive power. One more time. But you shall receive. Right. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my 
witnesses, right? Power to witness, right? Not just to witness with your eyes, but to witness with your mouth, to let your body show, to let every aspect of you declare the goodness of God. We just, we just sang it, and then we'll go out here and not tell anybody for the next six and a half days, we won't tell them anything about Jesus. And here we'll sing it from the rooftops. We'll sing the paint off the walls. But we won't tell anybody all week long. Meanwhile, they're dying and going to hell. We've got to open up our mouths and become the witnesses. And the best way to do that is under the power of the Holy Spirit, living in the overflow of the Holy Spirit, a life of freedom, a life that produces fruit, right? A guided life, a life that is victorious over sin, right? And we fall in the same trap over and over and over again. Well, today we're going to look at a story and I know that you know that people are watching you, right? They're watching you, especially if you're going to fly your banner, your discipleship banner, right? I'm just a Christian banner, but I'm a disciple of Jesus, right? There's nothing wrong with being a Christian. I'm a Christian too, but I'm, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, not just have a label over me. I want to follow his precepts, his laws, his commands, to walk in his steps every single day. And I know the world is volatile, so our response in every situation needs to be stable, right? And in our time that our world is in right now, it's crucial that we are stable as Christ-following people. You understand? When the whole world is shaking, and it does say everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So when everything is shaken, if you're shaking all the time too, people are like, do you even have faith? Do you even believe what you're talking about? I mean, it gets, it gets shaky sometimes. That's why we put our foundation on Jesus, the rock, right? So today we're going to look at the story of a man named Stephen. He's a hero of the faith. He was the first Christian martyr. He was a man that um, went through something very difficult. It actually ended his life, right? The first Christian martyr, but he stood strong. It was a tough time, and I read this, and I'm encouraged by it. We call him a hero of the faith, um, but here's the truth. Pastor Irwin McManus said there's a coward and a hero within each of us. Fear awakens the coward while courage awakens the hero within. And I know some of you have plotted over the last few years as, as our world seems to be just spiraling out of control. It's like what would happen if somebody came in, into the shopping mall while I was there and they were trying to hurt a bunch of people. I would run over there and try to take them out. I don't think you're saying I want to be the hero, right? It's just that's part of the process. But you're, you're shifting into a place of resolve. You're fixing the situation. You're fixing your mind that if that happens, I'm going to do this. And I think there's some importance to that. If you don't know what you're going to do when that situation comes, you probably won't get it right. And some of you have the natural ability to do that. It's like when you scare somebody. There's two types of people you scare. There's one person that reacts, and there's the other person that reacts by punching you in the face. You know what I mean? My dad is that guy. I remember I hid behind his tie rack one time, and he came in. It was probably 9 o'clock at night, and I jumped out, and it almost ended my life right there. I was like, don't scare this guy ever again. He's serious, right? I didn't even know he had moves like that, but he did. And, and I don't want you just to be a hero. If you want to be a hero, you want to be a hero of the faith? Walk in obedience. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Walk with him every day. Open your mouth when he tells you. Shut it when he tells you to stand up when he says to stand up. Jump as high as you can when he says jump and run after him every single day. It's the example. It's the witness. It's the proclamation of our life. And it's beautiful. So we're going to get into this story. And what we know about it is just they're regular people. And that's why I love it is because he's just a regular person. And we can sometimes kind of push it off and like, yeah, um, you need to be like Jesus. Well, I can't be like Jesus. He's God. It's too hard. Well, can you be like Stephen? Because he was just a regular dude. Can you be like Peter? 
because he was just a regular guy too. And so that's why I think it's important to see these things. Let's jump in. Chapter 6. The church is exploding. Literally, it's exploding. It's just rapid growth is what it tells us here. It says in verse 1, but as the believers rapidly multiplied. I like the word multiplied. Um, it did say in Acts chapter 2 that the Lord added to the church daily. I like addition too. How many of you like multiplication over addition in certain things, right? Like money and uh, food and things like that, right? Vacation time. We have multiplication. Those are great things. It says, but as the, the believers rapidly multiplied. And that's, how, that's why I say each one bring one. If you do that, multiplication will happen so fast here, we literally won't have enough chairs to fit everybody. We'll have to go outside and have service, and everybody in Homestead will be going, what in the world is going on over there? What is happening, right? It's multiplication. There were rumblings of discontent. Anybody heard any rumblings of discontent in the church lately? If you haven't, hang around for a minute. Music's too loud. AC, it's too cold. Don't like the carpet. The chair's uncomfortable. Pastor's ugly. Preacher's too long. I don't know. It's just all kinds of, there's a lot of discontent around. But it's happened. It's just people. People are, Moses dealt with it when there was murmuring, right? It just happens. It says the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against. In the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. And they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so the brothers selected seven men. Listen to this. This is important. Who are well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer teaching the word. This is important. They begin to set up a system to help deal with it. Now, I know a lot of people want me to run around and do everything. I can't. We have a lot of people that come through the doors. As much as I would like to hang out and have coffee and eat pie, I would be 400 pounds um, quickly if I did that. I can't do that. I wish I could. But we have a system. We have a staff here, but we don't only have a staff. We have elders. We have, we have people who will come along and are great servant leaders. We have a board of directors. We have all kinds of systems to help. If you want to meet with us, call the office. We'll do our very, very best to pray with you and to walk this life with you. But we need each other. I'm not the one who dispenses hope. I'm not the one who dispenses life. I'm just trying to get you to Jesus. He's the one who's going to transform your life. And so they set this system up because people are people. It says, so God's message continued to spread. The numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Now, it says in verse 8 that Stephen, a man full of God's grace and what? But you shall receive power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some of the men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to, to debate with him. Never start a debate with somebody who's full of wisdom, the spirit, and the power. All right? It's just not going to go well for you. They were... Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. I love that. Some of you are, are, are great apologists. That means you can argue well, right? You, can, you have the, the facts, you get them straight. And there is a system 
in Christianity and uh, Christ following. There's some people that go out and do that. Listen, don't yell. Don't argue on Facebook with people about this. Like You've heard me say it a bunch of times already today. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. Not you, but under the power of God and under the witness, he will change some hearts. And Stephen was being used like this. It says, so they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen because they couldn't argue him down. They couldn't. They tried. They were trying to argue him down, and they couldn't. It says, we've heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. And at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became bright as an angel's. I love this. How many of you heard this story before? A few of you. It's an amazing story because, again, Stephen's just a regular guy. He just happens to have done what he's supposed to do, right? But you shall receive power. He's got the power. He's got the, the connectedness. And, and, and the power doesn't just come here on Sunday. It's, it's whenever you stop and receive what God has for you in that moment. And that should happen all day long, every day. This isn't the only place in scripture where we find someone whose countenance is actually glowing. There was a point when Moses went up to the mountaintop, and when he came down, they were like, bro, you got to cover your face. You're glowing. There's something there. He didn't just get a facial, right? He spent time with the Lord, and the reflection, and the glory of the Lord was shining on his face. And it's very similar in a situation that Stephen's face was glowing as bright as an angel's, and that's jarring for people. Now, remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about these people as, as Simon Peter and John were on the way to the gate called Beautiful. They healed the man. And as they were preaching in, in Solomon's colonnade, what they said was, uh, man, we, we recognize you're just ordinary people. That's what it said. Literally, they recognized that they were ordinary men, but what? They had been with Jesus. They recognized, you're just, I, I know you, Simon. You're a fisherman. You sell fish. That's what you do. And now you're over here preaching like a, a maniac for the Lord. What is this? You're not educated. You don't have what it takes. You didn't go to school for this. But there's something inside of you, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit. We recognize it. We don't like it, but we recognize it. And that recognition changes everything here. Moses' face needed to be covered. Stephen's face is glowing like crazy. This is amazing. Let's jump over to chapter 7 real quick. We've got to get moving. It says, then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? Whew. They just unleashed the beast with this one. Um, this guy is full of boldness. Over and over again the last few years, I've talked uh, this phrase, holy boldness. I've, I've prayed this over you guys more than you could ever imagine. God, give them a holy boldness because I know some of you are in hostile environments, and it's, it's going to get more hostile. I'll talk about that in just a second. But the time is here, church. You need to understand that the time is here. It's been here. But the line is drawn. Choose you this day who you will serve. If you keep messing around, you don't know. It's like, oh, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. You don't know if you'll get to it or not. You literally don't know if you're going to get to it or not. The line is drawn. It was the same for Simon Peter. It was the same for Stephen. The line is drawn. What are you going to do with this? Are you going to be obedient? Do you have the resolve to get in your mind today that if a situation comes up where I'm asked to tell my story about Jesus, then I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. 
And I'm going to tell it proudly. I'm going to tell it with the holy boldness and the power of the Lord. Well, this was Stephen's reply. He begins to break it down. I want you to read this this week. I want you to go back and read all the way down to verse 50. Um, I'm just going to give you the very, very brief wrap-up of the whole thing. He gives them a history lesson. History is important, right? Accurate history is important. And we want to understand that. He begins to talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. These were the considered the patriarchs of the faith, right? The ones who really began it all and, and the covenants um, with Abraham and the life that, that he had with God and the trust that he had with God and the movement at God's call. And then he goes on to Joseph and helps us understand that in Joseph's life, right, Joseph's situation wasn't perfect. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He goes into Egypt, but he's obedient and he's faithful in every situation, right? And in every situation, God, it's, it's up and down because life is up and down, but he's faithful, he's faithful. And in the end, he gets planted right where God wanted him to be in serving in all of Egypt, number two, as a foreigner. As a foreigner, he's serving at the number two spot, and his brothers come and beg food for him. And because of his obedience, right, Genesis 50, 20 says, what you meant for harm against me, God meant for good to bring about this present result to preserve many people to life. Well, Stephen's telling that, said it was because of Joseph's faithfulness that the whole nation of Israel was preserved. Really, it's part of the reason that we're sitting here today because the gospel is always preserved. You can't wipe it out. The word of God always stands true. It's been burned in Europe. It's been burned in Asia. They've tried to wipe it out. You can't silence God. You can't wipe him out. They hung him on a cross. They put him in a grave. They said, don't talk about it. They told Stephen that. They're still telling people, and people will not stop because you can't stop it. He talked about Moses and Joshua and da David and all this amazing history. He really lets them have it. He really goes after it, and I think it's important that we know these things, and that's why I'm telling you to go read it because a lot of you won't get all of that. You won't go through and study like you're supposed to. Get some of that in you. Get it in, and it's important that we know this overall history. And then he busts out in 51. He gets a little bit, Ugh with it. He says, you stubborn people. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you're stubborn because you're stubborn and you won't raise it. But I know some of you and you're stubborn. And I'm like Paul. I'm like the chief stubborn one around here. I am stubborn. But he says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Whew. The ESV version says this, English Standard Version says, you are un uncircumcised in heart and ears. You've been unpurified in your heart. Your heart longs for things that don't honor God. That's why, that's why he said you should love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. You should love it with all, but, but it's unpurified, and God doesn't want to share. So he's not like, it's okay if you come to get me on Sunday and then do whatever you want on Saturday. It doesn't work. It's unpurified, and you've been unpurified. And listen to this. You, you're heathen at heart, uncircumcised in heart, and deaf to the truth. Deaf to the truth. Every week we open the word of God here. We, we begin to unpack it so that it can change our lives. But, and I, and I, I know that it is. I know that if you're hearing it, then it is changing your life. But we need to get this daily. And, and Stephen, as he begins to address these people, he begins to show that, hey, this is more than just a tent. This is more than just a ceremony. This is more than just religion. There's hope in this. There's life in this. And how many believe that there's hope in Jesus? Anybody raise your hand? Come on. You believe it? So why are we not talking about it? Why are we not preaching it? Why are we not really, really after it? 
we got something to come alive inside of us and begins to help them understand a little bit more as he breaks down this history and probably they perceive this and he perceives some things that they were going to really try to silence him as they did Simon Peter, but with the spirit of wisdom and courage and power and the filling of the Holy Spirit, sharply rebukes them and tells them and gives them the what for. And he says this, he says, must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? And he could have just said, must you resist the Holy Spirit? He said, must you forever? Because over and over again in history, you can look over and over again in history, you see the same, the same thing, right? You've heard me say it a lot, one of my favorite quotes, smart people make mistakes, stupid people make the same mistake over and over again, right? It's like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I almost tear my pinky toe off, in some nightstand, I'm thinking I'm either moving the nightstand or putting up a nightlight or something. I'm just not, I'm not going to continue to break that toe. I can't deal with that kind of pain every day, that kind of trauma, right? Something has to change. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit says, don't go there. And you're just like, oh, no, I'm going there. And he's like, don't go there. Oh, I'm going there. <laughs> he's like, all right, go there. And you go over there and you're like, ah, oh, why am I here? Can you save me? And he saves you. I told you not to go there. And it gets you back on a solid ground, and he's like, I'm going there. Don't go there. It's like, must you forever? He's, he's leading. He's speaking. He's calling. He's choosing, right? Will you choose to serve him? Will you choose to walk in obedience? Will you choose to walk in the fullness of God? Will you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Because that's what your ancestors did, and so do you. He's really laying into him on this, and it's tough. 52 says, name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. Oh, now it's getting personal. Right? He's called people murderers, right? I mean, this, this message is being preached by someone who has lived out Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on and you will be my witness. He's literally living it out real time right here. And yes, they had been betrayers. Yes, they had been murderers. They had collaborated with Judas to, to, to hang Jesus on a cross to kill him. 53 says, you deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. I was looking at that. I was kind of intrigued by that right there. Received by the disposition of angels. The angels were employed. They're messengers, right? Galatians 3.19, Paul wrote to the church there and said, why then was this law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins, but the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave this law through angels to Moses who was made the mediator between God and the people. So the law was distributed. It was given as his, his messengers are common. You know, sometimes you're just entertaining angels unaware, the Bible says. When someone comes to give you the word of God, don't despise it. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care if you've been doing this for 150 years. If you hear someone speak the word to you, it's God, I believe, giving it to you in a special way. You're like, well, you haven't been in church as long as I have, so I don't need to hear anything from you. If it's the word, you need to hear it, right? Don't despise it. Make sure that we get it inside of us. Their fathers received it. How many of you had grandma and grandpa praying for you? Mom and dad, thank God for those, right? But they're not going to get you into heaven, right? You've got to do it. 
Can I get to heaven? Yeah, my, my grandma prayed every day. Can I get in? No. It's not, it's not how it works. You're not off the hook. I think Stephen had more to say. <laughs> and probably would have said it if they would have not lost their minds here. But verse 54 says the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations. Infuriated. And they shook their fists in rage. Some of you did that at people this week. I know you did. Because <laughs> we're in South Florida, right? It's like they shook their fists, right? They're just infuriated. They're so mad. But check this out, right? It says in, in, in King James Version in 54, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on them with their teeth. They were cut to the heart. This is the problem. This is why they were so angry. Because the truth hurts. When you get the truth, like if someone's not in, if they don't want to receive that truth, right, you, you, there's only two positions that you're going to go with when you hear the truth, right? When you get it, you're going to go, yes, I'm humble by that, or I'm going to double down, I'm going to run away, and I'm just going to be angry as can be. But the strength, the, the, the weight of the, the corruption of these guys is on full display here. We, we really, really get it when, he's, when they get challenged with the word, and the word always cuts deep. That word, that word cut there is actually used in uh, Hebrews eleven thirty seven. It says they were stoned. It was talking about the people of God. They were, they were stoned and they were sawn or, or, or sawed in half, sawed asunder. That's what happened to the heart when, when Stephen preached the word like that. When he preached the truth of God's love and God's challenge and they were tormented by it. Buke them sharply. I mean sharply. So then now they're, they're, they're mad. They're mad. It says in 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. It says he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Wow. What a vision. As he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He's telling them, I see, I see it. I, got, I see him. It's, it's incredible. And for, for a lot of us, it's really hard to focus on eternity, which is what we should be focusing on. Instead, we live for the the instant gratification of this life instead of delaying gratification, right, to get to the, the eternal reward of heaven. And it wasn't even about the streets of gold or the pearly gates, right? It wasn't, even, it wasn't about any of that. And yet I look into heaven and I saw the, the gold streets. That's not what he said. So I look, I look, look, I see Jesus. That's it, right? I love our, our youth group. There was some here praying. At 5 o'clock this morning, they were waiting on us <laughs> here. And so, really powerful. We got one, Luis Ortiz, really great kid. Love this kid. Jumps out and helps in all the time. And he's out selling trees right now. And uh, he was sitting here just a few minutes ago in first service. And so, Luis was hanging around this week, as he often does, and helps out with a lot of things. And I said, hey, let me, let me talk to you about Stephen. You know this story. And he didn't know it well. So I said, I want you to, I want you to go read the story, and I want you to prepare a message. So I gave him the task of writing a sermon. 
was like, ah, oh. and I thought he was going to come back the next day, but he came back in like three hours. <laughs> He's like, I got my message. I was like, I'm awesome. Let's hear it. So we sat down and we began to break this story down. And he told me his three points and had some other things. And he had some good points, but something I, I saw on his paper that he had written down, it just really stuck out with me. And, and I thought it was really cool. And he said that, that Stephen knew Jesus and he wanted to see him. And it's a simple statement. It's like, it's like we, like we kind of know, right? There's people that we know all over Homestead. It doesn't mean we want to see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Some of you are like, my family. It's like, oh, man, we got to go by and see them. Oh, man. It's, a, it's like it's a, we're going to be in and out, all right? Let's team up, family. We're going in. Five minutes, we're out. Hugs and goodbyes. That's it. It's like that sometimes, but if we're not careful, we'll treat Jesus like that. I know him. I really like to see him on Sundays. And it's heavy, right? And he's still preaching. He's still living it out. Remember, his face is glowing. It says in 57, check this out. It says they put their hands over their ears and they begin shouting. Very childlike, right? La, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. And they rushed at him. It says they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And his accusers took off their coats and laid him, laid them at a feet of a young man named Saul. Saul later gets changed life, right? God puts him on straight street, right? We, stood, we, we preached that message a while ago. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing story. But Saul becomes Paul and becomes one of the, the influential people of the church and writes a lot of the New Testament. And incredible. But here he's an herald. He's actually the one stirring the pot and getting everybody to come a, a, against this young man. And it's, it's tough to read that. And he has to deal with some of that later on that he did. But they begin to drag him out. And I don't know what you know about stoning. I think everybody knows what stoning is. Basically, they throw rocks at you till you die. But there's a couple different ways to do it, and it's horrific. At any level, at any method of it, it's horrible. Sometimes they would bury people up to their chest and just throw rocks at their head and chest till they die. And other times they would just run them out of the city and they just throw rocks at them until they fall down and then they would get bigger and bigger stones and they would just keep stacking them up on them as they suffocated and died. It's a horrific, horrific death. Horrific. And certainly hard to focus while it's happening difficult situation. Stephen had already made up his mind. He already knew what was happening. He wasn't focused on rocks. He wasn't focused on the being mad at these guys. In fact, everything was about to change. Stand with me real quick. I got two verses, please. I want to I want to finish this. Hang tight. It says they stoned him. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Jesus Receive my spirit. Like he's departing this earth. He's leaving this earth. His body is dying. They're killing him. They're not hurling verbal insults. They're throwing rocks at him and he's dying. It's horrific. And it says in verse 60 that he fell to his knees shouting. And this is so incredible. This is, this is mind-boggling to me. We're talking about full transformation. I don't think it gets any better than this for, for a human life on earth. When he, when he literally takes on the words of Jesus at the cross, when he says, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. With his dying breath, he quotes Jesus from the cross. God, I know they're killing me. They're throwing rocks at me. 
They're being really bad to me right now, but don't hold it against them. The weight of that. And I, man, as I read that this week several times, I just like, I honestly was like, what's wrong with me, God? Why am, I, why am I so quick to pop off when somebody cuts me off in traffic? When somebody does this, when somebody does that, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and I, I get, nobody's throwing rocks at my head. Somebody threw a rock at my car the other day. <laughs> Literally happened. <laughs> but is, is my life that hard? If, I, if, if I'm going to wake up today, I'm, I want to resolve and say, no matter what happens today, this is the posture I'm going to have. This is the hard posture. That God forgive them. They don't know you. And it's my job to, to preach while they're, while they're acting crazy. It's my job to live it out to you. You're either you're gonna be somewhere in this story. You're either gonna be one of one of the people that God is working through, like a Stephen, or maybe you're one of the, the apathetic observers in life that just watches all of this stuff happen, or maybe you're one who's impacted by the relationship. Because let me tell you. When you live your life with this kind of passion, with this kind of zeal, with this kind of commitment and obedience, people's lives will always be changed for it because God works like that. And he becomes a martyr. And I want to tell you this real quick. You need to be ready for a couple of things. You need to be ready. You're going to be a witness, but you shall receive power. And you will become my witness, right? You need, to, you need to be ready to die. I don't think anybody's going to throw rocks at you or cut your head off or boil you in oil or saw you in half today. I don't think that's going to happen. But what I would say is you need to die to yourself. Because every time you feel that blood pressure pump when something happens, somebody feel that anger coming up, when you let the anger control you, that becomes your God at that moment. That becomes the thing, and you've lost it, and you've, you've failed at that moment. Instead of saying, God, forgive them for they don't know what they do. You need to be ready to die in those moments. Second thing is you need to be ready to preach. I'm not a preacher. You're the preacher. No, we're all preachers. If you know Jesus and you're like, I don't know. I haven't studied. I don't know enough. And if I go through two more Bible studies, then I'm going to open my mouth. No, you won't. If you have that kind of attitude, you won't. You've heard me say this before. Theologians, theologians spend their whole lives dissecting this, studying this, and breaking it down. And you know what they come up with at the end? It's the same Thing, the same truth that we learned when I was a little boy in church. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. That's it. You don't need to, you don't need to have, go to seminary to learn that. It's there. I've experienced it. You're experiencing it. That's why you're here. And so as we preach, all you got to do is let people know that. And when you leave here today, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he has more for you. It's not the more of this life, right? He has more for you. Abundant life. That hope, that strength, that truth, that joy, the freedom. It's all there for you. He has it. When you, when you leave here, just leave with that today. And then you got to be ready to truly live. Truly live. Really, really live. Christianity's boring. You're boring. My faith is alive like never before. I can't go back. We have this whole world. We have it all, but give me Jesus. When we start living like that, Homestead's going to turn upside down with the gospel. Would you bow your heads with me?
Father, thank you for, for always being with us. You said you would never leave us or forsake us. You haven't yet. You're not going to start now. You're always with us. Thankful for every person in this room, Lord. You knew from all of eternity who would be in this room today. Listen with your heart. The Lord's telling you how much you matter. Nobody, just, just listen. Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed, but listen. You were worth it. Some of you are battling with that right now. You just feel unworthy. You feel unloved. Listen, you were worth it. You were so worth it that Jesus hung on a cross for you. with our mouth that you're our Lord and Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. The Holy Spirit just deposit into us today. You. We need you. Not more stuff from this world. We need you. Run the show. relationships right now. Ill bodies and minds. Break chains of depression and anxiety. God, give us a holy boldness. The fire in our bones that as we walk out of this place in just a few minutes, it's, it's not some ceremony that we put to rest, but this is our life. This is the abundant life. This is a the walk that we want with you every single day. Open my mouth, fill it with your words when you want me to speak, and shut my mouth when you want me to be quiet. But let us know you more. We just want to know you. We love you, we honor you, and we bless you. This is our story, this is our song praise you all the day long. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for the word of God, church? I'm going to tell you just a couple things. Reminder, um, go buy all the trees right now. They're waiting for you. There's a lot of people to help you right now. Make that happen. Pay a whole bunch extra for it to help children globally and locally. It's a, it's a busy month. Hang in there. Bring somebody with you. I still see a few chairs. Each one you got it, so let's fill it up. Let's change homestead together with the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray our benediction like always. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Love you guys. See you soon.